hello i'm back again today and i want to talk about um something that i feel that the lord revealed to me this morning and just throughout the day i've been up since around six and i have been reading the bible and also have a book called a little guy i got a little god time for women it's a 365 daily devotional and I believe it is by, wait, hold on one second. It is by Broad Street, Broad Street Publishing. For anybody who may want to go out and get one or, you know, follow along, which is also by, which is also in association with Tyndale House Publishers. So I, I really love Tyndale House Publishers. They, they really do have another Bible by them which is called the Messiah out of um, the Immerse series. And I can't wait to get, um, I can't wait to get the rest of this series. I've pretty much finished with um, the Messiah. And I believe it has six books in a series. And it's beginnings, poets, kingdoms chronicles prophets and messiah so i have the last one but i asked the lord when i was searching online um for a bible which one that i think was the most important because i couldn't get the entire series even though i could i could have got the entire series but i just wanted to pick one to start and i was like and the lord led me i was like lord lead me to the best the, the best bible i should get and the lord led me to this series and it's called immerse the reading bible and pretty much it's whole um, outlook on the Bible is pretty much they're going to remove the verse chapters and numbers so that you can feel like you're immersed into the Bible. You don't have to get hung up on which chapter, which verse is this, and you don't have to keep track of that, which takes away the anxiety of keeping track of the chapters and the verses. Because I know I have a personal anxiety with the chapters and the verses because I'm trying to, you know, study the Bible and I want to be able to which I spoke about in a previous episode. I want to be able to quote um I want to be able to quote Bible scripture and I want to be able to refer. I want to be able to know the exact chapter and verse number so I can refer someone to it so that you know I'm supporting everything that I say or everything that I believe and everything that the Lord is is speaking through me to say to people with um actual verses actual things that are in the bible so that people can go look it up themselves and you know however they you know if they agree or not they can come to that conclusion on their own but they also have the supporting evidence to you know so that nobody can say well where did you get that from where is that in the bible well i want to be able to refer it to them just like you always want to have resources with every um with every research paper that you provide you always want to have resources so this bible and i was getting so hung up on that but i wasn't feeling like it was a bad thing i don't feel like it's a bad thing i feel like that's definitely what i want so i don't want to do away with it but the lord led me to this i think for this reason like i think he wants me to forget about actually wanting to remember the chapters and the verses so much because even when i was reading the bible with the lord i wasn't paying attention to the chapters and the verses and i will always look back and say man why wasn't i thinking about the chapters and the verses because now i can't 
I'm not able to refer people back to them because I wasn't paying attention to the actual verse number or the actual chapter number. I was just reading. And the Lord is like, well, he didn't say anything, but that's how he does it. Every single time I pick up my Bible to read, unless I like focus, like not focus, but unless I force myself to pay attention to the actual chapter numbers and verses. And it just doesn't work when the Lord is actually trying to speak to my heart. So the Lord is really trying to put that in my mind, in my heart, that I need to focus more on the message than the actual chapter numbers and verses, even though those are very important, too, because he revealed that to me in another time when I didn't care about it at all. Well, not, not that I didn't care about it. I just didn't see the importance in it. He pretty much said, well, you need to know your chapter numbers and verses, which well, he would pretty much say, what chapter number and verse was that? Like the Lord would always remind me that when I was quoting scripture. So it is important, but don't get hung up on it. And so that's why the Lord led me to this um, this Bible collection, and it's called Immerse. And they take all the chapter, um, the chapter numbers and verse, and the verse numbers out, so that you can just read through. So you can just read the scripture without, and it's just like in a book format, so you don't feel like, you know. It's not the numbers all in between. Now, I know before I understood the importance of the chapter numbers, all the numbers in between would be so frustrating to me because I felt to myself that, like, I don't know, maybe it's something how my mind works, but um, I just, the the unfinished sentences and the numbers in between, I don't ever want to, you know, um, I don't ever want to um, criticize what, you know, the Lord how the Lord made the Bible, but I know that in, at a certain time, that was so irritating to me because I would say, this is an unfinished sentence, and now they're separating it with the number. And then, like, on top of that, when I realized I had to actually know the numbers and be able to refer to them, I just felt like, I don't know, I guess I felt like at least the sentence should be finished before it's a number on it, but it's just, it just doesn't always work like that. And me learning more about the Bible, I realized that it doesn't always work like that. And I, I realized that there's so much more I need to learn about it to realize why the numbers are placed in the way that they are even in the unfinished sentences but um nevertheless I always you know that was frustrating to me so you know um I'm not frustrated by it anymore I'm really trying to focus on more on why is it there and what's the importance of it but the Lord led me to this and they still have the actual um chapter numbers and um names and verses at the top of the um, pages is just not as, you know, prominent as it is in a regular Bible. And I'm telling you, I didn't think that when I first saw it, I'm like, this is taken away from part of the importance of why I really want to study the Bible every day, which I want to memorize the scripture um, chapters and, and verse numbers. But in reading this, I'm telling you, it's so peaceful. It's so, it really does immerse you into it. Um, you're able, your heart is able to be reached better because you, you're you pretty much feeling like, you know, you're there. You really feel like you're there and like the story's being told to you. If you don't feel like you're actually there in the story, as it's happening, you feel like the story's being told to you, like at a campfire or, you know, by somebody who's actually there, etc. Like it is, but at the same time, like it just immerses you and it opens your heart in a new way. And so I finished it so quick. It's actually like a reading plan. It's supposed to take, you know, either eight weeks or 16. And I finished it and I think like four. 
if that so like i couldn't get enough of this book and but i'm still i still haven't finished revelation so maybe not you know i haven't finished it yet but you know i i, I decided to skip revelations well i didn't, didn't decide to skip it but i just felt like you know i'll get to revelations i've been reading revelations so much lately but i'll get to that part of um revelations and immerse i'm planning on it but um pretty much you know um I just well, I would definitely recommend this. I would definitely recommend Messiah. I have to read the other books in the series. I'm sure they're just as good as Messiah. But the, I think that the main thing, the main reason I want to mention this is that the Lord led me to this. I prayed and asked the Lord to reveal to me which books or which Bible would be the best. And it was out of like a bunch of different, like, you know how many Bibles it is out there. And this one is like not like a Bible I've even seen before. So the Lord revealing this to me and he actually led me to the Messiah one because I really was like, Lord, out of all of the different ones that they have, I don't know. I mean, I want to know everything about the Bible, but I just didn't know where to start. They have beginnings, um, poets, kingdoms, chronicles, prophets and Messiah. And he was like, Messiah. So I get it. That's about Jesus and everything. But I felt like in um, in, you know. In the most recent times when I was looking for a Bible, I was so focused on Jesus and I was so focused on learning about Jesus in the New Testament. Not that you should ever not be focused on Jesus in the New Testament, but I thought that maybe he wanted me to, he wanted to reveal to me a new part of the Bible so I could start studying that. And it's like, another thing about that is whenever you think you're done, you really aren't. Like, it's always so much more you can learn. And the Lord always has to do that with me because I'm always, I've always been the one person who I felt like I don't have to check my work. Like, I have I just did it. I know everything I just went over. I can remember it. I have photographic memory. I remember everything I just said. I remember everything I just did. And the Lord is always like, check your work. Check your work twice. Check your work three times. And I'm just like, I already checked it twice. I already checked it three times. Like, he's like, check it again. Like, he's always telling me and make telling me to check my work another time even after I said I've already checked it and that's obviously because he knows everything and he knows why I need to check my work obviously it's a mistake that I would catch if I would would really look over it but by the time I feel like I'm done even if I go back and check it I'm still not checking it in the way I should so um Pretty much growing up in school, that was really one of my main issues. It was always one of my main issues. Like if I would have just checked my work, I probably would have got 100% on a test. But I just didn't go back and check my work. And it was something simple that I knew. I would say, I knew that. The teacher would say, you got this right, but you put this answer. And I can see in your work that you actually got the right answer, but you put this answer. So I had to circle it for you. And I'm just like, I know if I would just check my work, I would have caught that myself. But anyways, I think that's another reason why the Lord is keeping me um, focused on certain parts of the Bible so much. Like even when I'm tired of it, past being tired of it to the point where I can't get tired of it. Because he wants me to make sure that I'm checking my work. He wants me to make sure that I'm I'm not skipping over things even when I felt like I know exactly what I said. I probably could give you a whole rundown of everything I said it, and it was still I was still find an issue in it if I went back and really paid more attention so the Lord is always right he knows he knows all of his children and he's always on point with everything he's perfect and so I think that's why he led me to immerse because for one I've been reading so much about Messiah and I felt that I was so done with that I was ready to move on to the next um 
the next thing he wanted to reveal to me that was about the Bible and just opened my heart up to. And he's like, no, you're not done with that yet. And so in reading Messiah, even though as I was reading this, I was like, you know, I'm checking my work and, you know, I know this stuff. I really do. But I'm still telling myself, like, what what do you know? What has he been revealing to you lately that you always, you know, overlook things, feeling like you already did this? So I'm like, still pay attention, still pay attention like it's the first time you did it. So I'm trying my hardest to do that. And I think that it's more about that. No, it's actually more about him and what it is that I may be overlooking. But it's still like, that's part of it. I think he's teaching me because I prayed to him and asked him to, you know, make me whole again. So he's teaching me all of the different things about my life that I've been skipping over. And all of the different things about my life that I pretty much, you know, have thought to myself, I've already done that a million times. I'm good in that area. And he's like, nah, you know, it's it's a few things that you can go over there too. Like there's a few things that you may be overlooking. And I think you need, I just need you to go back and check over it a million times. Never get tired of checking over your work. So I think that that's another message for a lot of people out here who, you know, may be looking for encouragement in the Lord. Like, whatever it is that you think you know. Like, you may be saying to yourself, you may be praying to God. I know you probably heard this a million times. You may be praying to God, like, Lord, please, like, I've asked you this a million times. Can you please just, you know, do away with this situation, do away with this person, or answer my prayers, or please let me see a change in this or that. And the Lord is like, check your work. Like, go back and look at whatever it is that you feel you're finished or done with. Go back and look at whatever it is that you feel that you have completed all things. Like a lot of times we come to the Lord and we're like, I've done everything I can in this situation, Lord. So I'm just giving it to you. And the Lord is like, have you really done all you can? Like go back and look and see if you've really done all you can. Because if I go back and check your work, I'm sure I'll find a few things you you went over. I'm sure I'll find a few things that you didn't notice because you were so sure you were done. So, you know, um, as our teacher and as our father, he's so perfect in that way. He knows what we're skipping over. He knows what we're so sure we don't have to go back and check. And then as soon as he goes and check, he finds it. Just like when your parent is like, go get this for me. And you're like, I just looked everywhere and I can't find it. And they're like, well, if I go find it, if I go look and I find it, then we got an issue. And that's pretty much the Lord. He's like. I can, I'm sure I can find, I'm sure I can go and find it. So I know it's there. So you just need to go look again and again and again until you find it. So that's another reason why I felt he, he referred me to the Messiah series. And if anything, I haven't, I can't say that I have found exactly what it is. I know that I'm going to keep reading until I do. I just know that in reading this, I have really been like, so at peace like every time I read it every time I pick it up I'm in peace I'm at peace like my soul is at peace I'm super happy like it's everything and it's everything I didn't know I needed so even if even though I know I need to keep reading it to find whatever it is that I'm overlooking I know that I don't I'm not gonna get tired of doing it I'm not gonna get tired of reading it so that's a good one and this little a little guy time for women women which is also by Tyndale House Publishing. It's a daily devotional every single day, and I pretty much I don't read it every single day like I should. But um, when I do find time to read it, 
a catch up on all the days I haven't read. So I haven't read the entire thing because I didn't get it in the beginning of the year. But um, I read it since from when I got it. And I believe I got it in, I want to say May. But um, no, I think I got it in March. Either March or April. But I read back from June 6th today. And the Lord revealed so much to me. Like, it's like in these, in this one, in the little God time, let me give you a, a, a quick little rundown on this one. This one is like a daily devotional about stuff in the Bible. And if you look at it from just, oh, this is what's in the Bible. And you just looking at it from a surface point of view, like you're just reading over it. Then it's just like, um, this feels like not enough. It just doesn't feel like enough. And it's so, it's small little inserts every single day and I, I remember when I first picked it up I was like I was hoping that I would get like more from this every single day I feel like I had to read three days to you know be feel fully read and in reality now I realize like every single day is enough in this one but um in reading it like I realized that you have to apply it to what you're dealing with right now so I thought to myself it's a 365 day devotional but I want something that I got the I got the, like a leather hardcover for it. So I wanted something that, you know, I wouldn't be done with or have filled, have filled up and then it's just sitting collecting dust. I want something that can last me years. I can go back and read just like the Bible as many times as I want to and not know what's well, even if I know it's coming next. You know, I'm still being enlightened every single time I pick it up. And this one is the 365 daily daily devotions and it's really like that like because i figured that every single year is a new year you may have forgotten what you were actually dealing with that day last year so when you read it the next year and you apply it to what you're going through right now in the moment that you are right now in the stage that you are right now and also if you read it last year you can compare it to how far you've come you can, you are, it's enough. It really is enough. It's more than enough. And it's, and it's revealing on what it may be. Whatever it is you may be doing in Christ that, you know, you're not doing anymore or that you need to work on. And it's so great. But that being said, um, that go back, that goes back to what I said in the previous episode. If you are reading your Bible or if you are building a relationship with Christ and you feel stuck at a crossroad, like you're not learning anything or you're not getting anywhere or it's boring, that's a problem. Like you have to, I'm not saying ask the Lord for, um, ask the Lord for, every, definitely speak to the Lord about everything. What I'm saying is you may not have to ask him, you know, to revive your relationship. There's other ways you can do it and not, not other ways you can do it, but there is other ways you can do it, but what I'm pretty much saying is that go over your work, look back and see what maybe it is that you're not looking at and what you're not paying attention to that can actually revive your relationship with the Lord. Like I'm really at a place right now where this is super, everything is super exciting about my relationship with the Lord right now, everything. And I'm not trying to brag or boast. I'm just saying like, I'm, I don't have any shortage of that, but I know that this is all to prepare me for when I do. All of this is preparation. Everything that everything with the Lord, every single day that I spend with him, every single thing that I learn is preparation for the future. And I realize that, you know, with every day that comes. But that being said, you know, my whole life hasn't been 
there's been no shortage of excitement with the Lord. But I can't speak for someone else who may come to a time where it's like nothing new is happening. You know, I'm super satisfied with the Lord. Everything that the Lord provides for me, I'm grateful for. I love him and everything is amazing. But, you know, as far as my relationship with the Lord, it's been the same for years or it's been the same for months or it's been the same for a while. And you may be looking for something new or you may be looking for him to lead you to something that's refreshing because you feel like you're doing the same thing over and over again. And the Lord is like, well, whatever it is that you're doing over and over again and you don't feel refreshed, look at it again and maybe compare. Maybe just think about the things you aren't thinking about. Just go over it again, go over your work, and you'll find refreshment in whatever it is that you thought you were finished with, that you thought you were, you know, um, that you that you thought you've been over a million times. You'll find refreshment in it. And so I, I realized that that's what he wanted to show me about myself and about the things I've been doing and about what he wants me to see in this season. That being said, um, previous in a previous episode, I spoke about how I just couldn't come to the conclusion of whether I felt the Lord really wanted me to stay in this situation and learn how to thrive in it because that's how he is. That's the Lord's character. So if I'm really, if I'm really going based off of how like deep in my heart and in my soul, how it really feels, I really feel like, you know, I don't want to say deep in my heart and my soul, but when if I'm going on something that is really solid and like it has a really solid, um, really solid evidence to support it, um, a lot of like a really solid, just everything is pointing to this. Everything is pointing to this. If I'm going by that, then I'm then I feel like yeah, the Lord is pretty much telling me stay here, stay where I'm at. Don't move because I can support that in so many different ways. I said it in a previous episode, but I'll run it down really quick. Well, first of all, the Lord's pretty much said to me, you know, when he moved me here, he said, I'm moving you here for a mission. And anytime he needs to tell me something, he tells me. And every time I come in, I'm frustrated about something. I pester him about it every single day or just pretty much bring it up to him a lot if it's really bugging me and the lord pretty much finally says even though he has to do this to me a lot he'll finally say you know if if it were important or if it were something you needed to know would i not bring it to you is that not what i do and he'll he'll remind me of the times where he has revealed things to me when when it was the time so I don't have to pester him about it or bug him about it. But also, he's very happy that I'm bringing everything to him. He wouldn't want me to take it anywhere else. He wouldn't want me to harbor it. He does want me to bring it to him, but he also wants me to remember and also learn from this situation. So I'm not stressing myself out because I can't stress him out. He knows what's going to happen. But um, that being said, you know, I realized that... um. Pretty much, you know, he like that's some evidence right there. Like if he wanted me to leave, then he would say leave. He hasn't said that, even though that's an option. So he hasn't come. He hasn't said to me like he said to me to come here. He told me to leave from where I was and come here and do what I'm doing. But he hasn't told me that the the job is done and I would know it was done if it were done because he would say that. So that's, you know, really all the evidence that most people would need. But since this situation is so unique and every single day is a new adventure, I feel that like 
I can't say that I don't want to be one of the people who just take it into their own hands. And I want to tell God what to do because I know that, you know, God knows better than I do. But I just feel that, you know, a lot of different things that have happened have been he has he has put the ball on my court in order to decide whether I want to shoot it or not. And so with those with the with that, I know that, you know, if I didn't decide to shoot when I did, even though the Lord already knew whether I was going to shoot it or not, he already he put the ball in my hand. He did everything. He set everything up. I just know that if I didn't decide to shoot, then I wouldn't be where I am right now. I wouldn't have scored. So when it came down, when it comes down to it, I feel like this may be one of those things, but I don't want the devil to trick me. I don't want the devil to lie to me and trick me out of what the Lord has for me. And so I feel like, well, maybe this is one of those times where he's putting the ball in my hand and telling me whether I should shoot or not. And it really depends on whether I decide to. So a lot of times I feel like I should just go. I really should just go and see what's on the other side because he did already reassure me because I was really anxious about the situation. He reassured me that no matter what you decide to do, you're going to be okay because you have me. That doesn't mean that I'm absolving you of your responsibility. That just means that you're going to be okay regardless. So I'm like, if I leave, am I am I just going to be okay regardless? Or is that actually me shooting and maybe possibly scoring on the other side? I don't know. So at this point, I'm just trying to decide which is which. And I know it may seem like just stay until he says leave. And I get all of that, but... Last year, I don't want to. I don't want to repeat last year, but last year, in the midst of the chaos and all the crazy decisions I made, it ultimately was divine order. So if I didn't decide to shoot and score, and a lot of different things that he did not tell me to actually do, but you know, it happened anyways, exactly according to his will, um, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. You know, scored. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't know what I know now. The things that are revealed to me wouldn't even be as much as they are now. So. It's just one of those things where it's like, do I go off on the whim or do I stay here and wait for him to come rescue me? And either is a good choice. That's pretty much what he said to me. Either is a good choice. You can go off on the whim or you can stay here and decide for me to rescue you. This is your journey and you have to decide what's best for you. But just know to trust me in all that you do, regardless of what you choose. So that's where I'm at. And on top of that, another um, little bit of support and evidence of why I feel like he wants me to stay is that his situation with Judas, like everything he knew that Judas was going to betray him. God knows everything. So I, I'm I'm barely comparing this, but I feel that this is motivational. He knew that Judas was going to betray him. He knew everything about Judas and still he stayed right where he was at. He didn't move. He didn't get anxious and say, you know what? I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to get rid of Judas now so I don't have to deal with it. He didn't say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and talk to the officials first before Judas can go ahead and betray me over for 30 shekels because I need to handle that. You know, I know that this is about to happen. So let me make sure, you know, you know, let me go do something to avoid it or let me go do something and do this or do that. No, Jesus just sat still. And he allowed everything to go according to plan. He allowed prophecy to be fulfilled. Even though he was the type of person where he said, if someone hits you, 
turn your other cheek so they can hit you on the other side. Like, he is the type of person, he doesn't want to fight, but he still allowed his disciples to go and get swords with the money that was donated to them from the people whom they healed and they, um, and he, um, he spoke to and taught. So he, he's allowing, no, no, no matter how he feels in this situation, no matter, yes, what he believes in matters, but when it comes down to it, he's allowing prophecy to be fulfilled how it should. And I think that's the most amazing thing about Jesus, for him to know every single little intricate thing that's going on around him at all times and still be confident and calm and sure enough to sit still and allow it all to happen regardless. And obviously you will say, because it all makes sense. He knows what's going to happen and why it's happening. So of course he's sitting still, but that's still so amazing to me because I haven't got there yet. Like, I'm still learning that part. I'm still learning to sit still and allow everything to happen, no matter how chaotic it seems. Like, it seems chaotic that one of the people who I eat with before I die is going to betray me over to the people who's going to kill me. Like, it seems chaotic that I'm still going to sit here and eat with him. It seems chaotic that he's possessed by the devil sitting right next to me. And I can speak to it and tell it to go do what it's supposed to do and get it over with. It seems chaotic, like, but at the same time, it's all necessary. And I'm comfortable with what's ultimately going to happen in the end. I'm comfortable with it because I know what's going to happen. And I'm sure that it's going to happen exactly how it's supposed to. And what's more, what's even more chaotic is that this is not going to be something simple. This is not going to be a walk in a park. This is not going to be, uh, I just walk up to the cross and everything, people throw flowers at my feet and it's just, I don't have to feel any pain. No, this is, I'm being mocked, scourged, beat and degraded all the way up into the cross until I ultimately am hung from it until I die. And when it comes down to it, I feel every single second of that. Just because I know everything that's going to happen, just because I come from heaven, just because I have the power to stop this, doesn't mean that it's going to and doesn't doesn't mean that I am and doesn't mean that I should. I still have to feel every single last second of it and it's all worth it. It's all necessary. And obviously it's going to hurt. I know it's going to hurt. It's not that it's not going to hurt. And that's why I'm comfortable It's that it does hurt more than anything, but I know why it has to happen anyways. And so just his comfort in that situation and being able to sit still, regardless of him knowing like he can see the future, he can feel the pain of his hands being stabbed by nails and hammered him being hammered to the cross and hung for hours. Like he can feel that already in where he's sitting. He knows what's going to happen and he's still sitting there comfortable and able to, you know, at least enjoy his last moments with his friends. He knows he's going to die and he's still able to eat bread and, you know, um, still give them encouraging words and still, you know, be him, himself without any type of anxiety, without doing anything out of fear or insecurity of the situation because he has none and at the end of the day a lot of people say well he's jesus he's perfect but he still was in a human flesh body which means he felt every single second of that and yes that's just a reflection of his perfection but i want to be more like him and so i'm trying to understand how he did that i mean i understand but I'm trying to be more like him in that way where he was comfortable comfortable enough to sit there and you know be betrayed, be scourged, slash flogged, be mocked, 
be, you know, um, be hung on a cross and be doubted despite every single, every single proof, despite everything that he did and despite all that he knew and all that he was to the people and still go through with the process how it should. Like he didn't believe that his disciples should fight for him, but he still told them to get the swords because he had to fulfill prophecy. They had to fight the people that was coming against him and actually wound that person and him heal that person and them still decide that he deserved to go on a cross and be crucified even after his immense hospitality and generosity and mercy he shows so they still told him if you are even after seeing that they still said if you're the son of god come down they even doubted him still after he was able to heal a man's ear who was cut off right in front of them and it was cut off because they were coming to do something they were wrong about. And if he knows everything, he knows you were wrong and he still healed you. Like all of these different things and all of these different aspects. And he still was able to show who he was. He still was able to do what he was supposed to do without, without mistake. And all of it being for a reason. And I remember as a child, him revealing to me that I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, why did you have to, if you knew that you had to be crucified, then, and you knew that the people weren't going to change their minds, that had to happen, that was prophesied, you knew that was going to happen, then does that mean that, then, then where does it come in where you felt like, because I remember the Lord revealing to me that when God sent his son down here, it was so that the people could change, like they could finally acknowledge him as the Messiah and respect him and everybody change and live happily, happily ever after. Just like when he sent the first Adam and you know that he didn't want Adam and Eve to, to bite that forbidden fruit. He didn't want them to make that mistake for eternity, but they did. And a lot of people will say, well, why did you put it there? If you knew that they were going to do it, then why were you still surprised and upset? And why did you still reprimand them for it? And the Lord is like, don't mistake my knowing for my lack of hope in my people. Like I still have hope that you'll still make the, the right decision. I have hope that things can be different, even though I know in the future they might, they may not be. But in reality, is that really knowing? So when it comes down to, we do still ultimately have this choice to be better people. We just always land where we do. And that's why he gave Jesus the... Um, that's why he sent Jesus to die on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Because I said as a child, Lord, if you knew we weren't ultimately going to change, we were going to crucify you anyway, then why was your hope that we would change and we would realize that you are the Messiah and we would decide to, you know, be a better people and live up to your example and live by your example so that you didn't have to die on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Because I wished that you didn't have to. And the Lord says, well, I still had hope in the people, even though I knew it would have it would have ultimately had to happen. So I always was the person I always was the kid who was asking that question, like it's, it kind of doesn't make sense if you know it's going to happen, but you still have hope it'll happen a different way. But the Lord 
obviously wants to use this situation and this season that I'm in to reveal all of those different questions to me and all of the all of those different answers. And even though I have the answers to that question, he still has hope in us. Even though we do the things that we do, he still has hope we'll be better. But I always still leave that small little bit of hope, just like he had in my heart, that, you know, maybe it will come a time where we don't have to pick the worst case scenario and end up doing exactly what it was we wasn't we weren't supposed to do maybe it'll come a time where we finally stop right before it gets too far and we decide that we want to be a better people and we want to do right and then you know things don't have to come all the way to a close in order for us to have a better future like maybe we don't have to end it like that maybe jesus doesn't have to be crucified you know he he's already crucified but you know metaphorically speaking not even metaphorically speaking he's not a metaphor but you know what i mean like maybe we don't have to do that maybe we for once in our lives were sent somebody to save us and we actually allow that person to save us and he doesn't have to die to do it he doesn't have to be crucified by us all to do it he doesn't have to be judged by us all to do it he doesn't have to see the worst of everyone in order to save us it's the opposite he sees the best of us for once maybe for once that's our ending a happily ever after ending you know cuz we always end up with the worst case scenarios because i mean we can go all the way back to the beginning and adam and eve never bit the apple and then nobody has to die and then jesus doesn't have to be sent to be crucified on the cross for our sins or we can skip ahead and we can go to you know jesus where he doesn't have to actually be crucified on the cross for our sins i mean at, we did have to ultimately die but jesus comes and we don't have and we decide you know what we believe you we acknowledge you as the son of God, all of us in unison. We love you. We love your way of life and we want to all change. And we decide that together as a whole. And differences are made. And finally, prophecy is fulfilled in a different manner. It doesn't always have to happen the way that it usually happens. That's my hope. And I don't know about anybody, any other Christian's hope. But I just hope that that's yours too because that's God's hope. It's always his hope. Why do you think he always sends um, an option that we just do not take? And you will say, well, why is he even sending that option if he know we won't take it? Because he still has hope. And I have that hope too. And so I do feel like in this season, we are not even in this season, but in around this time and in the mindsets that we are now, even in the mindsets period we have the capability of doing that but it does seem like you know maybe you know it seems like I don't want to say it I don't want to say it but it's it's just in a way true that we we can actually steal that hope from him not steal it but we can actually dull it we can dull that hope for him where it's getting to the point where it's like it's always going to end up like this. I'm always going to send them a life raft, but they're always going to need it. They shouldn't always need this life raft. Like if they would just follow my directions, if they would just do what it is I'm guiding them to do before things get out of hand, they wouldn't even need to be saved. They would be able to save themselves. And that's my hope for them. I mean, ultimately, I'm saving them, but I put it in a I put it in a manner where they don't have to suffer to the fullest first in order to be saved. 
maybe they'll take option A first. Hopefully. And it's like, I want to be honest. What he revealed to me, um, maybe a few months ago, not even that. He revealed to me that I am... What, I am like one of his children where I am reinstilling that hope in him. I am helping him. Like I, we can help him as his children, even though he knows everything. And he's ultimately, he knows us better than we know ourselves. And he ultimately is the hope that we need. We can still instill hope in him, just like Jesus instilled hope in him. We can still instill hope in him like his children is supposed to. And so I'm one of those children whom he sees as a bright star, who can instill hope in him and his people. And he sees it as maybe his hope. I don't want to, I don't want to peg God because God is so immense. He's far beyond my understanding, but to my understanding, not, not to my understanding with the understanding that I have and what he's revealed to me, his hope has been dulled. That's why he showed up or it can't it has the potential to be dulled if things continue in the way that they're going. He showed up so angry. Like and he did not want to reveal to me that I know you feel that a lot more people are good, but they're simply just not. And I don't want to reveal that to you because I don't want you to lose hope. You're my hope. When you have so much hope for these people whom they just are putting on a show. He didn't want to say that to me until I was really deep and really far along in actually, you know, being chosen for this mission. He didn't want to reveal to me that, you know, things aren't what they seem because he didn't want me to lose hope. And so in that way, we have to, we have to see the severity of the situation. We have to see, cause Jesus, I mean, not Jesus, God said, our father said that he would never, um, just, wiped the entire earth out ever again after he wiped out the earth with Noah and the ark and with the flood. He said he would never do that again, no matter how angry he got. But when I saw him, he he changes his mind. He does change his mind. Now, if he says he's not going to do something, you can believe that's true. But, you know, I just want I just want I just want everybody to understand that he's God. And any decision that he makes is just. So you better believe and you better know that he he considered everything. Everything has been considered. Everything is fair. Everything is just. Everything is right. So that means that even given a million more chances in a, in a better position or a new world or a new anything we, ha- we put, would have probably asked for and said that we would have had a better outcome if we had it. It still would have ended up how it did because he's God. He knows that. He knows what's going to happen. So that being said, like him having a dull, his hope being dulled means that, you know, it's really getting to the point where there's no hope. Because if his hope is dulled, where is hope? Where is hope? He is hope. So he never loses hope. But what if he did? And he decided to be done with humanity forever. Now, I'm not trying to encourage that. But what I'm saying is we encourage it every single day with our actions. Because we're so used to our loving, merciful, graceful father. And he is all that. He's always going to be all that. But 
does that mean he can't be all that without us? We have to pay attention and we have to understand that, you know, these situations are way more severe than we want to take credit for. And I know you might say, I know somebody listening might say, hmm, it seems like you're encouraging him in the wrong direction. I can't encourage God in the wrong direction. This is God. So if he finds encouragement in me at all, it's for whatever it is he feels is fitting. So he knows best, not me. Which means if he even finds encouraging, encouragement with, in me, it has nothing to do with me and everything to do with him who knows all. Because I don't know anything. At the end of the day, anything he reveals to me is after he's already come up and made his final decision. So since he knows better than anybody, don't ever, you know, don't ever doubt him in a way where you feel that his influence can be the can be his his decisions can be influenced by someone as unstable as I. He's too stable for that. So if he finds encouragement in anything that I say or do, if he does, it's because he already knows the outcome of the situation before it ever was created. Therefore, that being said, you can be sure. You can be sure that whatever he said is what it is. It's not flimsy. I can't come back and say, you know what, God? I decided that I wanted to change your your view on that. You know what, God? Can I, can I change your view on that? And the only way I would be able to is if he ultimately decided that I could to begin with, which means that he ultimately decided that I was fitting to begin with. And to be quite honest, I don't want to take credit for that because he only knows who I'm going to be. I'm not even who I'm supposed to be yet. So if he ultimately knows who I'm supposed to be in the end and who I turn out to be, he's in full control of the situation, not me. So with that logic, I want to just go ahead and throw it out there that, yes, it's, in reality, it's really him encouraging himself through me <laughs> since he made me. and He knows who I'm going to be when I don't know who I'm going to be yet. Like I said, a couple years ago when I even took my walk, started to began to take my walk seriously again with the Lord. I had no idea I would be here right now, but he did. And he told me years ago, he told me. So that being what it is right now, you can just, you just know for a fact that that's because he sees the future. He ultimately knows who I'll be. He ultimately knows what's going to happen. And he's choosing me based off of the full timeline the things we cannot see and the things we cannot fathom. And the same goes for you and every single last one of his children. Because it's not just me. It's all of us. But that doesn't mean that, you know, we don't have the influence to change our father's hearts. Not hearts, heart. We don't have the influence to change his mind. We do because he's so compassionate and he's so merciful and he's so graceful. And he's so loving and he hears our petitions. He receives them and he grants them when they're just. When they need to be granted because he loves us so much. So that means all it would take is a genuine, sincere heart to come to him and say, Father, I'm sorry. I was wrong. And I knew I was wrong. And 
Only thing I can ask of you right now is to forgive me and give me another chance, please, if you are willing. And that's how you change a father's heart. So anybody saying, well, if he's influenced by you or if he can be influenced by you, who whom is unstable in any kind of way, doesn't that make him unstable? No. What happens is he sees that I'm unstable and that when it comes down to it, I can be made stable. Not I can be made stable because as humans, we are, you know, we're unstable in a way. We make mistakes. So we're unstable. But he sees that in my future, I can change. He sees the me that I don't see, the me that I can be. And he has full confidence in her. So if anything, he's encouraging me. In reality, he's encouraging me. But I don't want to make it seem as if, you know, I'm just super cocky, like, oh, yeah, I encourage him. It's just this is what he revealed to me. My hope in our people is encouraging to him. And I'm going to be very blatant on why it's encouraging to him. It's encouraging to him because a lot of us aren't that way. A lot of us don't even have hope. A lot of us don't even care to have it. So it's not even about me being super special. It's just about me still having it. Which means we all can acquire hope again. And these type of things, they aren't they aren't dependent on being stable. It's actually the opposite. You know in your unstableness and all your unstableness that God, the, the only stable being on the planet, is in full control. And you have hope for a better future. He's going to make everything turn out because he is love. That's what it is. That being said, you know, I ultimately want to say that um, I hope that anything that I just said was not intimidating. I hope that anything I said was not intim- did not intimidate anybody to feel like, well, I couldn't live up to that. There's no way I could approach God and be that much for him. I'm not even half of that or I don't have any of that. This is what I want you to know. And me saying that, I hope it didn't sound the kind of way because I'm really not coming off that way. I want you to know my heart. But um, I just want you to know that it doesn't matter. Come how you are. That's how I did. I came how I was. I didn't have any intentions of just being anybody I didn't have intentions of being anything that he made me to be. It's all up to him. It's not about us. It's not about what I had intentions of doing. It's not about what I thought I could be or where I'm going or anything. It's about where he knew I was going, who he knew I could be. And him looking at me in the state that I was in and saying to himself, wow, this is, he knows all the stages. So look at the stage of you. When you have no idea of what you're capable of. And I'm going to, you know, build you up. And I hope that that didn't downplay him. Because in reality, it's like, I brought you here. Not look at the stage. It's like, here we are. At this stage. But that's every single last one of us. That's every single last one of us. But another thing I want to say is that. I noticed that anytime I tell anybody about my walk with God and about the mission he has he has sent me on, people automatically, not automatically, but some people tend to get either intimidated or they get um, frustrated feeling like they can't get that or they can't be that or they're not worthy enough. And I'm trying to make it clear that you don't have to be anything. You just have to show up. 
Literally, you don't have to be anything. I wasn't anything. I don't think myself more than anybody. We all come from dirt and that's where we return. I'm understanding of that. But I don't want I also don't want to I also don't want to feed into any type of negative emotions you may be harboring where you feel that you have to degrade anything about me or my walk in order to feel worthy of yourself. You have your own walk, you have your own mission, you have your own purpose. So why would you ever be intimidated by anything that I am doing, whether it be of me, was not of me, whether it be what you think it is or what God knows it is, it shouldn't intimidate you in any way. Because you shouldn't even care about me when you go to when you go to the Lord, because when it comes down to it on Judgment Day, he's not going to ask. He's not going to consider what someone else did. He's not going to consider how what someone else was how somebody else was doing or what they were doing next to you in order that made you act in a way that you act. He's going to consider your heart. But when it comes down to it, it's all about you. It's just about you and your life. So when you come to the Lord, consider that. Consider that it's just about me. Nobody else around me has anything to do with it. Ultimately, I do want to impact my brothers and sisters. It's he he teaches to love thy neighbor and to care about how you impact your brothers and sisters. And that is that is important. But when it comes down to it, you can't come to the Lord and say, well, I'll never be as much as this person. Or I know that I'm better than that person. You can't do that. You can't care about anything anybody else is doing around you. You have to say, Lord, I want to be better than who I am right now. And can you make me that? And that's what ultimately falls into. And I feel that even if you don't know that now, and that may be one of the reasons why you feel intimidated by the situation, come to him how you are right now and he'll show you. Because I used to be that same way. I used to come to the Lord and I used to say, Lord, I know there's so many people who are where they are supposed to be with you. They're in church every Sunday and they have a sincere relationship with you. And when it comes down to it, they're making things happen. And I know that they're going for sure. They are saints. They're out helping people. They're philanthropists. They are feeding the homeless. Everything that they do is selfless. And I am nothing like that. And I know I'm so far off from being who I should be in order to even receive the ultimate eternal gift of heaven. And the Lord is like, he he didn't even say it to begin with. He didn't say it's not what it looks like to begin with. What he said was, none of that matters. Start where you are. None of it matters. Nothing around you matters. What matters is that you care to come, that you showed up. What matters is that you showed up. And if you want any encouragement on whether you think you'll make it in the future or not, well, you need to know that I see your future differently than you do. So you may ultimately feel that you are nowhere near where you should be and you just have no idea how I see you. So what only the only thing that matters is that you're here. And that's a lot more than what you were before you got here. So take pride in the progress you're already making as opposed to comparing it to the progress that someone else has made. Because you don't see what I see. You'll be making so much more progress in the future. You won't even be able to, you know, the only thing you'll be thinking about is that you showed up to begin with and you were able to make this progress. So that's true. 
Because when I first showed up, the only thing I could think about is how much progress I wasn't making or haven't made or was supposed to where I was supposed to be. And now the only thing I can think about is when I first showed up compared to now, how much progress I have made. Glory, all glory be to God, how much progress he's allowed me, he's allowed me to make and the difference in who I am. And it, when it comes down to it, like I'm still, I'm still that person just with a, a love that I would never replace for anything in this world. So when it comes down to it, it's like, he's so loving that you're still that person, but you you have love now. So this love makes you feel like, you know, all of that stuff I thought mattered, none of it mattered. All of that stuff that I let hold me back, none of it, you know, it should have never been able to hold me back. And when it come down to it, I know that overall, the only thing I needed in that situation was not what I thought I needed, not progress, not any of that other stuff, just your love. And that goes for any and everybody. So if you're intimidated, don't be. Because his love, he's offering his love to any and everybody. And if and that's all you need. It's his love. And you're going to be good. Now, that being said, everybody's mission, is, everybody's mission is different. But because of his love and how he knows you as his child and how he cares for you. And how, you know, ultimately he wants... He's going to give you far more than you can ever dream or imagine having. So you're thinking to yourself, if I'm not getting this, then I don't really know, you know, if it's fair. Or I feel like your mission is better. And what you don't realize is that everybody's mission is predestined and purposed for them. So you may be looking at my mission thinking that you, you know, something's good about my mission that you like or or the opposite. You don't want anything to do with what I have to, with, with what I have to go through. And you don't realize that the Lord knows exactly what you need. Don't don't worry about what's going on around you. Have confidence in him that he knows what's going on around you. And he knows exactly what you need. He's going to give you exactly what you need and so much more. Meaning, when you show up, he's going to give you exactly what your heart desires. If you don't want to be anything like me, you're not going to be. If you want, If you think that, you know... My mission is so far better than, you know, or some, you want something like that or you wish you could have my mission specifically, whatever, whatever it is, he's going to give you exactly what your heart needs, meaning you're going to be more than happy at the end of it. You won't even be worried about anybody's mission, but your own. You're going to be so abundant, overfull with power, overfilled with power. Your cup is going to overflow with all you have to do is show up and receive your cup. That's all you have to do. So. To sum it all up, pretty much what the Lord showed me is to endure. And I knew that that was obvious. I knew that that's, that was what was most important in this situation. But this was confirmation more than anything that he just wants me to endure. He wants me to stay put. He wants me to endure. Now, that being said, I want to be very clear. I'm journaling this. So if you stop here, you may feel like, well, she just endured. We're going to say that she came to the ultimate conclusion to just endure and everything worked out how the Lord wanted it to. Well, no, I can't, you know, lie and say that I'm just going to, because like I said, every day is a new adventure. Doesn't mean that I'm turning away from what he wants me to do. And it doesn't mean that I'm deliberately doing what it is he's 
not doing what it is he asked me to do. What I'm saying is that my heart changes and I'm not perfect. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to fight hard and try my hardest to stay in the right mindset and maintain what it is he wants me to do. But overall, you definitely need to, you know, stay put as well so you can hear what happens because it's never a straight shot. But the good news is everything always happens according to his will. And that means it works out.